is what to do. This is Ramblin', your Rams podcast that brings you inside of the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from beautiful Los Angeles, California. The Rams just wrapped up a solid week of mini camps. The last one ended successfully with fans in the stands at SoFi Stadium. It was beautiful. Speaking of beautiful, I want to introduce my guest today. He is a former NFL player, current analyst for the NFL Network. You can catch him on Total Access or find him on Twitter at Baldy NFL and his notable hashtag Baldy Breakdowns. He likes traveling. He likes football. And we like the fact that he is joining us today. Brian Baldinger, thank you for hanging out. My pleasure, Serena. It's good to be with you and your and uh, your dog there, Biggie. My dog, Biggie. Uh, the Rams just, fan, too. Taking take oh. over. She's yeah, going to talk Rams with us today. Right. <laughs> well, Brian, it's cool because the last time I think I've seen you and talked to you, that was in Atlanta. And it's Super Bowl 53. And it's kind of hard to ignore the fact that the Super Bowl will take place in Los Angeles for Super Bowl 56. And the Rams, they have a shot at being one of the teams in it. I say that, though, as the team reporter. So, Brian, big picture. Let's just start with it. Do you agree with that statement? Do the Rams have a shot at yes. playing in their own stadium? I, I, I do. I do have uh, I do have that belief. It's, a, you know, it's obviously uh, a 17 game schedule now, Serena. So right. a little bit longer. I mean, we'll probably get to that. Um, they get to open up SoFi Stadium. I was there last year with no fans. It is. Yeah. It's it's really indescribable the stadium. I mean, it, it just is until a fan goes there and takes in the whole atmosphere mm. and how big it is and how modern and I mean, it's just they thought of everything. So it's going to be really really cool. But you know, one thing about Sean McVay. I mean, obviously they made the trade for Matt Stafford and yeah, you know, kind of kicked off the whole off season when that trade happened. And you know, it just it just goes to show you. I I believe. Not every team is built like the Rams. I believe the Rams are built on a star system, like Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and now Matt Stafford. They're built around stars. Some teams are just more spread out. They're more even. They're just, they're a team. But this is a star-studded team. And when their stars show up and play big, they're a difficult team to beat. Because all the components around it and the level of coaching and everything, I think, is all there. And the demands and the standards have all been set. And so there's a great culture with the Rams, a great culture. And, you know, any, anybody that's been around Sean McVay, you know, it's it's not like he's the smartest guy in the room. We know he's smart. But it's just the way that he conducts himself and business. Yeah. Yeah. Like he has, he has all of those skills that you're looking for in a leader. Yeah. That's a football coach. He has it. And there's not a day goes by where you just can't be, you just don't see it. You know, there's no days off. And so I think the trade for Matt Stafford, and it's not a knock on, on Jared Goff. Nobody wants to knock Jared. He's a total pro. Yeah. And they got to a Super Bowl with Jared. But I think it's about winning the Super Bowl. It's not about getting there. You know, if Tampa last year, Super Bowl 55, got to the Super Bowl, it was about winning the Super Bowl. And they did it at home. And can the Rams do the same thing mm-hmm. and entertain? Because I do believe. Um, that the schedule yeah. and the division, whoever comes out of it, is going to be very battle tested. We're going to see, yeah. we're going to see great defense. They're going to see great offense. They're going to see great coaching. So, who, you know, if they come through the NFC West, 
you know, with a pretty good record and playing well, they'll be ready for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the team, to your point, it is a star like focused team with those uh, Matthew Stafford, Jalen and Aaron Donald. And then there's like these because, you know, when you watch a movie, the supporting cast is sometimes <laughs> as powerful. And to your point, there is magic in the air, Brian, because if you've seen Stafford and Cooper Cup, his supporting cast mate connect it's a sight to see. And he's not the only receiver on this team. You know, I've talked to a bunch of the guys, whether it's O-line, tight end, and they're all sort of like this offense is very dynamic. But you in particular have said on TV, basically like, you know, Stafford was a significant upgrade from golf. Maybe from the eye test, a fan could see that. But from you, a former offensive lineman, former player in the NFL, what are some of those particulars that you can kind of point out? Like, this is something that's going to improve on the Rams offense because Stafford is at home. Well, the first of all is there's no question between head coach, organization, Les Snead, all the way to the top, and Matt Stafford, that they both want to be there. Yeah. There was questions, Serena, about how much Sean McVay was believing in Jared Goff. There was real questions. And that doesn't just go away. And that is palpable all the way through. Yeah, There's no question that they got the guy they wanted. Other teams wanted the Carolina Panthers wanted them. There's other teams. But you have to understand, I played on a team like Mass Stafford did in Detroit. I'm not here to knock Detroit. But you know you're not competing for a championship in Detroit. You know you're not. No matter what they try to tell you with the coach they brought in or the general manager that's there or whatever new players they brought in, you know you're not competing for championship. And for the first time in Matt Stafford's career, he knows that that's what it's about. And so it's like, I mean, it's, it's cliche, but it's like fresh air. It's pretty, first of all, you're learning a new system. You're in Los Angeles, not a bad place to be. And, you know, and the coach and the organization wants you. They they want you. And so you're going to get the like I love Matt Stafford as a person. Mm-hmm. The talent is the talent. Mm-hmm. But I think the the other things, like, like just the, the the demands, the culture, the people around him, like he's never had that. He's never had stability ever. And so now he just goes gets to go out and instead of hearing about all this stuff that you hear about every day and it always goes through the quarterback He gets to literally go play quarterback for a very demanding coach, but a coach that respects his talent. So I'm excited about Matt in this offense right now and what it can be because the design is there. I think the development and what we saw from Cam Akers at the end of the season was real. Like there's no question two years ago, you know, the, the running game really fell off. The offense struggled, didn't make playoffs. But you saw a commitment to the running game, a commitment to Cam Akers in the playoffs, what he did against Seattle. Um, it's real. And so the running game is there. I think the offensive line, you know, especially with the left tackle back, I think it has the possibilities of being good. Um, it, you know, it's, it, it, can be re- it can be really exciting. I, losing both coordinators kind of scares me, Serena. Because I always say it's harder to replace good coaches than it is good players. And they got to, I've got to find out. Like they, Brandon, Brandon Staley was a stud. Everybody saw it right away and they gravitated towards him. He empowered players. Like this is your defense. Like just the way he talked to them, 
the way he built it, the way they disguised it. It was brilliant, really. And it showed. Yeah, it, it will be tough. And, and that's a good point to bring up because, yeah, new offensive court like uh, Shane Waldron now with Seattle um, brought Andy Dickerson with him. But, yeah, I mean, Raheem Morris and Raheem Morris. I got to tell you, being around him, he certainly has a swag to him. He's certainly a player's coach, but losing, you know, after having the number one defense and changing, you know, the head coach there in that group will be difficult. It'll be interesting to see how they've adjusted. How do you just see, you know, we, we, we talked about the offense, but with an Andrew Whitworth coming back, looks healthier than ever. You know, Sean McVay is like, oh, he, he ages like wine. Um, but having some of these, Players now with Matthew Stafford, how do you see the Rams offense rank? Because I think the focus has been like, man, that defense is sharp. But we both know Sean McVay is an offensive minded guy. So are we going to are we going to see what we saw back when we were both in Atlanta? <laughs> uh, I, I think we're, we're going to see more of that. I think you'll see more explosive plays. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be better on third downs, um, you know, and that's that's the most important down in football. And, um, you know, your whole team whole organization feeds off that ability to stay on the field, finish drives. I think you're going to be better there because you just have a more accurate quarterback um, and you have a guy that has a bigger arm. Um, I, I, I mean, there's going to be plays that Sean McVay is just going to be waiting to call and he's just waiting for the moment. And he knows it's when he does, he knows it's going to be there. Your quarterback yeah. has to make, he's got to pull the trigger. They were going back to that Super Bowl. There were plays in that Super Bowl. He had Brandon Cooks in the end zone, and you're late. And so you can't be late, you know, when you have a chance to score points. And so, like, this this thing is, uh, you know, it's it's precise. There's plays that are designed to, you know, take the top off the defense and get it to the end zone. Um, and, and that's a, a big part of why Matt Stafford is there. But, I look, I, anything short of a top-10 offense would be a, a major disappointment. But – I mean, this has a chance to be a top five offense. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I love that. I mean, certainly what we've seen, but it's just OTAs. It's just mini camps. Like we've got way more to go. We also have no decision yet on a center, uh, publicly or privately. Maybe Sean knows this and, you know, he's not telling everyone. I'm sure that's more of what it is. But how much more difficult is it that we don't have a center yet with all the moving parts on the offensive line? Does that, is it more of like, hey, you know, Matthew, like help us figure out who's grooving. Like how, how does that work? Especially well, think about it, Serena, like, you know, Matt Stafford just left Frank Ragnall. Like he's probably the best center in football. Like he's used to having a stud center. I mean, this guy's a great player. Uh-huh. Um, your, your offensive line is only going to be as good as your center. And mm-hmm. so whether it's Austin Corbett right now, I mean, whoever they do, I mean, they've got to get that position figured out because if you're, if there's weaknesses in the middle, whether it's the line calls, um, you know, whether it's working because it's difficult to really grade centers. I don't know how these grading groups do it because it's so much is built around the concert of them working with the guards together and then working in protection um, to make sure that there's just no leaks in the run game or the pass game. There just can't be any leaks. Uh, Matt Stafford's not running away from anybody at age 33. We know that. I mean, he's a pocket quarterback. You can hide some things on play action. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to get some plays off play action, but there's going to be third and twelve. You know, when you got to drop back and you got to be firm, and you just got to you just got to keep things flat in the middle, going against you know 
some really good football players in this league. So uh, they've got to get that position figured out. And they're only going to be, you know, I mean, the cliche, you're only as strong as weakest link. I don't think it's going to be a weak link. But that position has got to be firm. And you have to be good at that position. Yeah, for sure. Austin Corbett uh, had a unique, you know, had had a lot of success so far with the Rams. We picked him up from Cleveland uh, during the Jalen Ramsey day of trading. So speaking of Jalen Ramsey, you uh, apparently have something upcoming that we'll be able to see on NFL Network with Jalen Ramsey. And I would love to just hear a sneak peek on because who gets to sit down with Jalen Ramsey and watch film? You do. Well, I was, uh, I talked to Jalen. So the show is film sessions and it's literally Kurt Warner and myself in a film room with Jalen Ramsey. So, I mean, that's, that's the crux of the show. And Jalen teaches us football through his eyes. So, you know, this is a unique individual, unique, like just reading the bio about him. Like, you know, he won the state in Tennessee and out of Nashville. He won the state hundred, 200 meters. Okay. All right, you expect that from a guy that's, you know, an elite athlete in the NFL. But he also won the shot put, you know, like, you know, I mean, he's just a freak. And so, but, you know, he also um, can be that right fielder in T-ball that can go to sleep on when things just aren't exciting enough for him. (laughs) And so, you know, like the day DeAndre Hopkins entered the NFC West, like he came alive. Like he wants... DK Metcalf. He wants, like, he wants these assignments and he lives for these assignments. Like, he literally wants to throw a blanket over these star players. And that's what he loves to do. Now, you can't always do that. You know, I mean, so Darius Williams on the other side had a good year, great year. And he's a really good player. Um, but, you know, sitting down with Jalen, I, I kind of, went back and forth with him during the season because he, he can be very misunderstood and, and people can misunderstand Jalen, you know, uh, he gave up a touchdown on this play. And I'm like, no, he didn't give up a touchdown. Like he's in zone coverage. He's doing his job. So he respected the things that I would say and some of my bolded breakdowns and everything. So we got to talk and I said, Jalen, I need you in a film session to really clear some of these things up. Yeah. What your assignments are, how you disguise things, what you love about the defense. Uh, how you fit in in the defense. And so you get to see a lot of it. And I'm telling you, we went, we got him going. And I the only the only problem was we eventually had to stop. You know, like, but he could have, like, really gone on. Like, he really is a unique individual. And you'd want to you want to play with guys like that. He loves the game. He wants to be the best. The fact that, you know, Somebody can get 10 interceptions in this league and he can get none or one. It bugs him to death. But he also doesn't get the opportunities because he's just that good. And so it's a it's a conundrum. He'll, he'll bait guys. He'll give up receptions to get him to throw. And so he wants like he, you know, he he wants to be the best, but he also wants seven interceptions in a season. You know, and so it's uh, but he has, I tell people, look. He's been a part of the number two defensive football that went to the AFC championship game in Jacksonville in large part because of him. And he was part of the number one defensive football that gave up the fewest points with the Rams. Like pretty soon you just have to start seeing how these teams travel with him and his skill sets. Yes. 
Yes. So you know, I think everybody that gets a chance, I haven't seen the finished version. I think I get to see it next week. I can't wait for fans of all teams and football fans in general to be able to watch Jalen Ramsey, like explain the game. Can't wait. <laughs> like record it, save it, watch yeah. it again. Yeah, That'd be great. He is uh, a genius in his own mind, really respected on the team. Yeah. You know, I think I, I agree with you. I think he's really misunderstood because the handful of times that I've gotten to talk to him and, you know, it's been a weird year with COVID, but even just, you know, he's a family man and but like trains with his pops in the offseason. He goes home and he runs hills and things like that. And he's a, a freak athlete, an amazing athlete, but also respected and smart as hell. And, and I mean, you see him tweeting, you know, hey, Julio Jones come to the Rams. Like he's not scared to bring oh. other huge names. Like there is a mutual respect for him and Aaron Donald. They both respect each other. There's no competition. It's just like, do your thing. And I think that to your point, it is really frustrating. And I'm sure it's frustrating for us too to be like, man, he should have had that interception. Like he should be leading the league, but you're a team player. He's picking up the hardest guy and that guy's not going to get targeted if Jalen Ramsey's on. I think Aaron Donald bugs him sometimes, you know, when he's sacking the quarterback instead of the quarterback throwing up you know, a misguided missile that could end up in the hands of, you know, number 20. So no, but no, they, 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 they are, like I said, at the very beginning, this is a star driven team. When Aaron Donald was injured in the, you know, the AFC championship, you know, AFC championship game, you know, Green Bay, like the team, the, the team just didn't play the same, you know, just didn't play the same. It was tough to watch. So uh, and yeah. we don't see Aaron Donald ever in pain. So, you know, no. there's something wrong for sure. He's usually um, the one that's inflicting the pain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Quarterbacks, watch out. Yeah. Um, last question here on the Rams. Curious to get your perspective. There's been a, a few rule changes. One Players could pick their own numbers. There's less restrictions on certain positions, getting to wear certain numbers. Jalen Ramsey's now number five. Robert Woods is number two. As a 4-0 lineman, will this impact the offense in any way? Like Tom Brady's like, I don't want this number change, but, you know, Tom Brady, you're going to figure it out. But what will happen, I guess? What are the things that could happen? I think it's going to make players happier. Okay. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know there, there, there's a, I mean, there's a number of college programs. I remember Matt Rule at Temple and, um, you know, a bit, but there's a number of college teams that give the single digit numbers to the nine best players on the team. Like it's a competition and it was, it was madly driven. Derek Brown at Auburn was number five. I mean, you go. And so there's real pride in numbers, real pride. You know, you wear number 88 with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sorry. You're in a select group. I mean, they gave the guy the number to the right guy in CD lamb and Des and, you know, and Mike Orvin. So, like numbers are important to players. And I quite never really understood um, why the NFL was so staunch about it for so long. I, I don't, I usually agree with Tom Brady about most things, mm-hmm. but I don't have any problem with this at all. I think Robert Woods was the deuce at USC, yeah. you know? And so like they, they take pride in these numbers. And if it, if it gives them even more reason to be more prideful, then so be it. 
That's a that's a great perspective. And we just want the players to be happy so we can be happy and watch some football. Yeah. The next segment, what makes me happy, Brian, California reopened its economy, which means full capacity at SoFi Stadium in 2021. Um, and that means you can have your beer, your hot dog, high five your friends, and most importantly, be there and cheer your Rams on this season. How important? Look, maybe the offense doesn't want to hear fans so they can hear the calls, but just how important, how much does it change? You know, you say Aaron Donald kind of changed the way the team felt when he was hurt, but how significant are fans when it comes to football games and how excited are you to see them back in the stands? I, I was just uh, talking to the right guard of the New Orleans Saints yesterday morning, Cesar Ruiz, and he was saying that the weirdest game, it was just so weird this year that there was no fans. The only game I was at SoFi Stadium last year was the Chargers opener against the Chiefs. And honest to God, I mean, Patrick Mahomes did not play great in the first three quarters. He looked like the MVP in the fourth quarter in overtime. But, I mean, it was just, there was just nothing. I mean, there was just no juice. And, you know, just watching some of these NBA playoffs right now and hearing the chance of defense and just seeing the difference that it makes in how hard a team plays when the home team is giving that chance, I can just see the Rams and 49ers in one of these, or the Rams in Seattle in one of these epic battles, wherever it is, you know, the 12th man Seattle at SoFi and really making that a home field advantage where the fans really kind of learn their surroundings and see what a difference can make. The screen is unbelievable. You can see all the games, you know, I mean, it's 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 an incredible facility, but you know, the, the the team has to make it a home field advantage, and winning teams do that. Great defensive teams do that. Um, winning football does it, and that's what the Rams' challenge is this year: is to turn SoFi into a real hornet's nest. That's right. Like, bring it all on, guys. We're going to need you this season. News from around the NFL. Earlier this week, Madden teased out their cover release with a pair of goats. They just revealed their cover today. It's Tom Brady and it's Patrick Mahomes. Now, look, we know Brady is a goat, but I'm actually curious. Have we solidified Mahomes yet as one? Like, I actually don't have a problem with it. He's got one Super Bowl ring. He's gotten to two Super Bowl appearances in the three seasons he's actually played because he basically sat out his rookie year. But are we like, all right, Mahomes, you a goat too? Or are we like, what? <laughs> he's, he's, the, he's, the, he's the best player in the league. I mean, yeah. he's just the best player right now. And the way that he plays the game, we've never seen a guy play the game. Every one of these college kids – coming out, Justin Fields, or I saw Zach Wilson yesterday with the Jets, whatever. I mean, they're all trying to emulate him right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the Pat Mahomes effect. Mm-hmm. Can you throw the ball the way that he throws the ball? Yeah. And accurately. And when the game matters the most and in the biggest spot, and he's just, uh, he's changed the game. I mean, he's in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Nobody has ever changed the game the way Patrick Mahomes is changing it. And everybody wants that arm, everybody wants like just the fearlessness that he plays the game with and the joy that he plays the game with. I mean, nobody's having more fun. And so uh, it is, he's, he's just unique. I, I've been fortunate enough. I do big 12 games on Saturdays. I've been fortunate enough to be out to, to see him in Lubbock, you know, early on in his career there, but to see what he's done and how he's transformed football right now. I don't think the NFL has ever been more exciting than it is right now. Yeah. And that's no knock on any generation, 
But Patrick Mahomes is a big part of why it's so fun to watch right now. Love that. Just give him the go. Like, let's go. I love it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, my social segment, Serena's social segment. Comes to you as a thought. Brian, you just got back from El Salvador. I know you like traveling. Um, so I wanted to ping this at you. Let's pick a place that Brian wants to go visit, but you can only visit if you go back in time or you go into the future. So where in the world would you want to go visit for your next travel, but you can only go back in time or in the future? <laughs> well, I mean, I would say the, uh, the you know, I'll speak in uh, broken Italian. I mean, the Eterna Città, like Rome, like you could go backwards in time and watch, you know, the the Roman Forum and all the competitions they had there, or you could go forward in time where Rome will always be Rome, you know? Um, so I'd say I'd have to, you know, probably put my finger uh, on Rome and say, you can always drop me in the middle of Rome. I could, I could give you a tour of Rome. I could, uh, you know, there's hidden places in Rome that uh, I would uh, probably venture towards, you know, but I, I would have to say Rome because if you give me that option, of going backwards and forwards. I know going forward, I know I'm always going to have a good time. But if I went backwards, <laughs> I mean, it was the center of civilization. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, imagine just going back and seeing the Coliseum when it was popping, not not at USC, but the actual. Yes, one. the real one. Yes. Oh, I like that. That's good. All right. Say what? This is our segment where we um, wrap things up because basically some Rams player or coach said something very unique and we wanted to replay their um, soundbite. So one of the Rams draft picks um, played on Maryland, uh, Jake Funk, who's running back. Uh, what a name, Jake Funk, right? And I got to sit with him during OTAs and given his fabulous name, I decided to ask him when he scores his first touchdown, Let's be real. What song does he want to hear played at SoFi Stadium? And here's what he had to say. So, I mean, so ever since I've been in high school and even in college, when I scored, they played We Want the Funk. We Want the Funk! We've all sung it. You know, um, we've done it with, uh, you know, the terrible overbite, you know, just uh, screaming that out at some party, someplace. Um I hope that he scores a bunch of touchdowns because I can see that that song traveling through SoFi Stadium pretty good. Oh, you already know, like Inglewood yeah. is lit. Well, I think the cheerleaders are working on a new dance right now. <laughs> Just send that out memo over to yeah, the cheerleading coach. It's done. Yeah. Brian, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Really appreciate your insight. You're so fun. We're going to Rome eventually, yeah. and Cal de uh, Roma. Pack your bags. Whatever you don't bring, Serena will buy. <laughs> Perfect. Right? And, and leave a lot of room in your suitcase because there's a lot of good places that you might want to put something up at. Next time I'm going on a vacation, I'm definitely hitting you up. Like, all right, give me the give me the deets, give me the yeah. good. So um, make sure you you find out more uh, Baldi's uh, breakdowns and all that. And I'm really excited to see the film session with Jalen Ramsey. Yes. But that's it. Another yeah. rambling in the books. And again, Brian, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, my pleasure, Serena. That was good.
All right. That's another rambling in the books. Brian, thank you so much for joining your insight. You're incredible. And we can't wait to see you soon. And now that SoFi Stadium is ready for full capacity, fans, you need to be ready and snag some tickets for 2021. You can do that at the rams.com slash tickets. It will be the hottest ticket in town. Best you believe it. Again, Brian, thank you for coming on. See you at SoFi Stadium this season. More rambling coming soon for training camp. In the meantime, stay safe and healthy, my friends. 